Hi, this is Dan. Thanks for listening to my podcast. I trust that it will encourage you and build your faith. If you'd like to connect with us further, our website is RevivalNow.com, and you can find us on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram, all at RevivalNowDanSteep. We have the Revival Now app that you can download at your Play Store, and if you use Roku, you can find us on Creo TV. Enjoy the podcast and share it with a friend. Hi, welcome to Spiritual Talk with Dan Steep. I'm Dan Steep, and uh, we have a, a sponsor for our program. It's Valara with Active Pure Technology. If you'd like to know more about how you can get an FDA-approved NASA technology in your home, business, or car that kills airborne and surface pathogens, including mold, fungus, bacteria like staph infection, and viruses like SARS-CoV-2, email the address on the screen at infoforvolara at gmail.com. I want to take some time with you today to talk about discouragement and really just some practical steps that you can follow when you're feeling discouraged because discouragement is something that everyone deals with at one time or another and, and, and sometimes more often than not. I've preached frequently about staying encouraged over the last year and a half or so since we've been going through the whole coronavirus situation, just because people have really needed help in, in staying encouraged, and, and we need help in knowing how to navigate uh, the challenges uh, of life when we're, when we're feeling discouraged and operating in discouragement. You know, getting encouraged and staying encouraged is really vital to um, a healthy spirituality and, and a healthy life, because discouragement is how the enemy attacks. Satan operates through discouragement. And so anytime that you're feeling sorry for yourself, you can know that that's really the enemy's voice. There's really three sources of information when we think about things from a spiritual perspective. There's God, there's Satan, and there's myself. And in those moments of discouragement, that's really when the enemy, Satan, whispers in your ear and really tries to pile on top of you. That's why more uh, pastoral resignation letters are written on Monday than any other day of the week because they're just depleted and wiped out after a, a long day of ministry on Sunday and they're just tired and, and, and wiped out and discouraged on Monday. So that's kind of how it operates. But Holy Spirit operates completely differently. Holy Spirit is the third person in the Trinity, third person in the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And God always operates through encouragement. That's why even when God has spoken to me words that were corrective words about my own life, when God speaks correction to me, even His correction comes in an encouraging way. It settles really well within my spirit. 
So Holy Spirit operates through encouragement. The devil operates through discouragement. And there's a great story in 1 Kings chapter 19 that, that illustrates that. It's the story of the great prophet Elijah. Elijah had just um, stared down 450 false prophets of Baal and Asherah. He had called down fire from heaven. He had prophesied about an impending drought that they were living within at that time. And then he called down rain from heaven. So some tremendous, like spiritually dynamic, powerful moments in the life and ministry of Elijah. And then on the heels of that, some threats came his way from a false prophet named Jezebel. And so in 1 Kings chapter 19, I'm going to read just a few verses starting in verse 1. When Ahab got home, he told Jezebel everything Elijah had done, including the way he had killed all the prophets of Baal. So Jezebel sent this messenger to Elijah, saying, May the gods strike me and even kill me if by this time tomorrow I have not killed you just as you have killed my prophets, which were really false prophets. I've often referred to this as the Mount Carmel meltdown. You would think that after Elijah just called down fire from heaven, had, had defeated the false prophets of Baal and Asherah, 450 of them he stood before. He, 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 saw, he called down rain from heaven to end a drought. Just major dynamic spiritual moments of, of ministry in his life. And you would think on the surface that on the heels of that, like he would just be so pumped up. But in actuality, he was wiped out and he was drained. And these threats from the enemy came through uh, Jezebel and it totally derailed him. And, and so what do you do? You know, when, you, when, you're, when you're threatened, I would say, first of all, like, don't bow down to it, right? Because people who threaten generally don't follow through. If somebody wants to kill you, they usually don't threaten you and give you advance warning, as an example. Usually, nine times out of ten, maybe 99.9% .9 of the time, the, the people that threaten you never follow through with the threats. And so Jezebel caught Elijah at this vulnerable moment, and, and he gave in to the threats, and he got really down and really discouraged. And I want you to think about that, you know, how did Jesus talk to the people who opposed his destiny? Because that's really what, what Jezebel was doing, was, was speaking words that were opposing Elijah's destiny. Well, Jesus had very pointed words for the Pharisees, for King Herod, for even his followers. When they spoke words and spoke things that opposed his destiny, like he, he stood up and very in very strong words, opposed it and stood against it. So when, when someone's speaking threats and they're speaking words that are opposing God's destiny for your life, don't, don't take it to heart. Like, like don't, like, they're not going to follow through. So just confront the threat 
and move through it. Because when you confront, nine times out of ten, it just goes away. So, but Elijah was so discouraged that, that he was actually suicidal. So I'm going to give you three things to follow that are just practical steps to follow when you're discouraged. Number one, don't operate when you're threatened. When you're threatened, don't operate from a place of like fear and compromise because of the threat. Face the threat, confront the threat, and, and, and then just move through it because nine times out of ten, all it is is hot air. The threat's not even real. But look how, how discouraged that Elijah got in verse 4. Uh, he, he was suicidal. It says he went, he went on alone into the wilderness, traveling all day, and he sat down under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life, for I'm no better than my ancestors who have already died. It's amazing what discouragement can do. And Elijah's story is a, is a case study in, in how discouragement can, can just, just oppose you so strongly. He had just faced down 450 prophets of Baal, called down fire from heaven, called down rain in a drought, and he was so discouraged that he's saying, like, I'm no better than my ancestors. So he was really down. But that, how, how, does, how do you get to that place? When you take the threat and you internalize it and you believe it, then one woman's threat turned him from anointed to suicidal. So when you're threatened, just don't operate out of that threat. And secondly, don't operate when you're tired, burned out. And I would add hunger to that. When you're tired, burned out, and hungry, and I'm not talking about when you're going through seasons of fasting, but just don't operate in those times because uh, you're, you're compromised. How do you defeat exhaustion and hunger? Sleep and eat. Look at verses 5 to 8. Then he lay down and he slept under a broom tree. But as he was sleeping, an angel touched him and told him, Get up and eat. He looked around, and there beside his bread, there beside his head was some baked bread on hot stones and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. Then the angel of the Lord came to him again and touched him and said, Get up and eat some more, for the journey ahead will be too much for you. So he got up and he ate and drank. And the food gave him enough strength to travel 40 days and 40 nights to Mount Sinai, the mountain of God. There he came to a cave where he spent the night. So this is really practical steps to follow when you're discouraged. Don't operate when you're tired, when you're burned out, when you're hungry. How do you defeat exhaustion? The same way that Elijah did. All right. He ate, and he slept, and he ate some more, and he slept some more. I put off important decisions when I'm really tired, when I'm exhausted. 
If I've got important decisions to make, if I have important interactions to have with other people, and I know that I'm like burned out and exhausted, then, then I just, you know, I put those things off as much as I possibly can. Because you don't want to make decisions when you're tired, when you're exhausted. I've been on, you know, several missions trips, evangelistic trips around the world, and I promise you, as, as awesome as it is and as thankful as I have been to be in those places and to, to represent the Lord to people in other parts of the world, you know, it sounds really great when you tell the stories, but when you're in it, you're jet-lagged, uh, you're not sleeping well because of the time change, you're, you're, the, the ministry days are very long, and what ends up happening is with each progressive day that you're there, you just get tireder and tireder and more worn down because you're not sleeping well and you're putting out so much. And sometimes you're getting up after two hours of sleep and you're starting in again. And, and I promise you that in those moments, like it's not encouraging. It's, but you just have to understand your circumstances and just know that, you know what, I'm not going to make any, uh, any significant decisions uh, from this place of exhaustion. And, and when I'm feeling discouraged, I'm not even going to take it to heart because I just know that I'm tired and, and I'm wiped out. So, um, you know, you don't want to give the enemy a foothold like the Bible says. You don't want to give him an entrance point or an access place to begin to, to work his angles and whisper his lies in your ears. So, so just when you're tired, you know, don't Try to not think about the important things, if at all possible. Sometimes you have to. But when you can, just defer those things until a time when you're not wiped out and tired or, or hungry or hangry or whatever it might be. I remember when I was in uh, Kigoma, Tanzania earlier this year, and I had gotten uh, some intestinal issue uh, probably from food that I ate, and, and it had been going on for seven days, and I was actually getting quite weak and I had to get some antibiotics and I was heading into we had ministered in several places in Kenya and other places in Tanzania and now we were in Kigoma and I was heading into this next ministry assignment and man I was wiped out and I just got a new uh, I, not new but I got an antibiotic and had been taking it for just the night before and man I went into that ministry assignment um, with certain expectations of how I thought it was going to go and it ended up being, like being really hard and and um uh it's like you know from a preaching standpoint it was like I, I there was this lead wall between me and the people and I just couldn't get through I was having challenges with my interpreter and all kinds of things were going on and I and and I didn't realize how weak I had actually become and um Boy, by the end of that day, um, I was just, I was really just frustrated and discouraged and down. Went back to my hotel and I was, it's on a, a hillside or a mountainside really. And so it's got several different elevations and, and all of this like marble and granite um, tile uh, everywhere. And, and I was going up these steps to, to the restaurant and, and it was like, ate at night and found out that it was going to be an hour until uh, the food would be ready because it's not like you have stoves like we think about and, and, and microwaves and, and that kind of stuff. So I was already really wiped out and I just wanted to go to bed. And it, was, it had been raining all day 
and it went out and was walking down the steps uh, to go back to my room and, and, and take a shower. And my feet went out from under me and I landed on these really sharp corners of these um, like granite um, steps, this stairway. And I, I injured my arm and my leg and, 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 and I was like, oh my goodness, this day just can't end soon enough. Picked myself up. I realized that I was really being opposed spiritually uh, that day. So, you know, I, I went back to my room and showered, and then I went back to the restaurant and, and ate. And then I, I went back, and I just, I just went to bed. I was, I, was just, I was just over it. There was nothing more for me to do. I, I, wasn't, I couldn't think about anything. I just needed sleep. I was incredibly discouraged. Went to bed. I slept really well, and I woke up a little before my alarm went off. And you know, now I'm refreshed, and I'm not thinking about how I'm feeling. And I can hear God's voice, and God actually just begins speaking to me. And and he he actually one thing that he did was he corrected my attitude. And again, but it was encouraging. And then he he gave me a strategy for ministry that day. And I followed that strategy, and things just busted wide open. Uh, and, and we had just tremendous, fruitful ministry that took place because of that. And then I was even able to look back at the previous day that was so discouraging to me, and I could see how God was speaking to me and guiding me and leading me, even in that day, in some very powerful and prophetic ways. So, you know, sometimes it takes faith to fast, and, and sometimes it takes faith to eat. And sometimes, you know, it takes faith to sleep when things are going so bad. And if you get worried about it, and now you're worried about what's going to happen tomorrow and when's this going to end and what can I do to fix it. But it takes faith sometimes to sleep, just to, to walk away from it and sleep. I remember a great story of a, of a, a great spiritual giant named Smith Wigglesworth. He told a story of a time when he was sleeping in his bedroom, and um, he he woke up and he saw that there was an, an actual physical demonic uh, force, a presence in the corner of his room, looking at him. And here's what he did: he looked over, and he saw this demonic presence, and he said, "Oh, it's just you." And he rolled over, and he went back to sleep. Because sometimes it takes faith to sleep in the midst of the storm. So don't operate when you're threatened. And don't operate when you're tired or burned out or hungry. And lastly, whatever the devil attacks, go harder in that area. If you sense that the devil's trying to discourage you, it's probably because you're on the right path. So dig in, become more determined, right? And, and go harder in that area. You know, one of the things that I do is if, if I sense that the devil is trying to discourage me, I do something fun. I just refuse to get caught up in it and allow it to become bigger than life and paralyze me. I just walk away and I go do something fun. Sometimes it takes faith to fast. Sometimes it takes faith to eat. Sometimes it takes faith to stay up. Sometimes it takes faith to sleep. And sometimes it takes faith to have fun. 
to just go out and do something that you enjoy, right? Because either we walk by faith or we don't. The Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. So whatever the devil attacks, attack him harder in that area. Whether it's sleep or hunger or healing or finances or fun or whatever it is. You see, the devil does not, he's not allowed to dictate the terms of the Christian's life. Now, many Christians live as though the devil is this all-powerful force and there's nothing that we can do about it, but he's not as strong as we give him credit for. There's literally nothing that he can do to stop the work that God is doing in your life. Like his only play is to try to discourage you and get you to get frustrated and discouraged and get you to give up before it happens because he can't actually stop what God's doing. He's not as strong as God. He's not as powerful as God. He's a created being like you and I. And he basically has the power that we give him because Jesus when he gave his life, when he died and rose again and ascended to heaven, he won back the keys of life. Those keys were forfeited to Satan at the fall in the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve bought into the original sin. And they brought that curse upon humanity. But Jesus won those keys back and he placed them back in our hands and we actually have power to do beyond anything that the devil can actually do anything about. So we walk by faith and not by sight. Remember, it's normal to be challenged, but for the Christian, it's unscriptural to be, defeat, to be defeated. So practical steps to follow when you're discouraged. Don't operate when you're threatened. Don't operate when you're tired, burned out, or hungry. And whatever the devil attacks, take that as a sign that you're on the right track and double down and go harder in that area. That's spiritual talk with Dan Steep for today. I want to take just a moment. If you're watching this episode and you've not accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, I, I want you to be able to do that now. In fact, all you have to do the Bible says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So I'd like to lead you in a prayer. If you want to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, maybe you were raised in church, but you wandered away from God and you'd like to rededicate your life, just pray this one prayer together out loud after me. Are you ready? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I admit that I've sinned. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the grave to give me victory over sin and death. I confess my sinfulness to you. I repent of it. Please forgive me of my sins and come into my heart and make me a new person. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer out loud after me, I want you to know that I'm proud of you. You've just made the most important decision you'll ever make in your life. Welcome 
to the family of God. You're my newest brother or sister in Christ. Please take a moment and go to our website at revivalnow.com. And right on the front page, there's a big red button that says, I just got saved. Take a moment, click that button, and it'll take you to a place where you can do two things. You can view some video resources that I prepared for you to help you get started on the right path in your Christian life. And also there's a place where you can fill out your contact information. I'd like you to do that for two reasons. Number one, I want to know who you are. I want to be able to pray for you by name. And number two, I want to be able to email you some resources that I've prepared to help you in your Christian journey. So that's really it. I want to be able to pray for you by name, and I want to be a resource to you and your Christian journey. So that's it. Just go to Revival Now and click I Just Got Saved and follow the prompts from there. Well, thank you for joining me, and God bless you. And again, our sponsor for this episode is Valara Active Pure Technology. This technology that's available for your home, for your, your workplace, your vehicle, it, it'll give you a 99.9% reduction of airborne SARS-CoV-2 virus in three minutes. It will eliminate uh, the same percentage of SARS-CoV-2 on your surfaces in uh, seven hours time. So it's pretty phenomenal. If you're interested in knowing how you can get that technology uh, into your home, your office, your vehicle, just uh, email at infoforvalara at gmail.com. God bless you, and I'll see you again next week.